I think for me to engage in such conversation, it starts from my location. So there is much more neutrality and kind of tuning into listening, to noticing. And from this noticing recently, what came up was actually kind of a feeling of concern, almost concern that, hey, this is not right. I look around me, I see how I feel and something is not as it meant to be. So there is a really significant clarity involved, clarity that is directed towards action. Throughout history, the great questions have been asked and great research has been undertaken, always expanding the territory of the known by shining a light into the unknown. Where is that cutting edge today? And can a community of people from all over the world, each carrying their own unique journey of discovery, come together to inquire at the edge of purposeful evolution through conversation? At Portals of Perception, we think it is possible, and we hope that you will choose to be a part of this exploration. Co-creating humanity's future is a big idea and a big premise. Yet simply by being alive, we are, in a sense, creating the future. This series of Portals virtual events was an invitation to be conscious, deliberate, and purposeful in co-creating the future we want to see for humanity and the planet. In this conversation, we hear a diverse group of multi-generational voices and perspectives stepping into this space of discovery. What cannot be captured on the podcast is the many faces and expressions and joy and excitement captured in the videos on the website portalsofperception.org. Now join us for part two of Co-Creating Humanity's Future. Yes, we're very excited about today. We don't know what's going to happen. It's all up in the air. Thank you for joining us. Wonderful to see some new faces and some old faces. And I think I'm going to just turn it over to you, Aviv. Thank you very much, Lisa. And as Lisa said, it's good to see non-faces. It's also good to see new faces. Let us begin with ritual of unmuting and bringing all our voices, saying hello, good day, in all the accents, in all the languages we have here. Please. I'm in sunny Ontario, Canada. Yeah, awesome. So a rich uh, orchestra of voices and accents and languages. Let me offer some opening comments to help us all uh, get acclimatized and settle in this collective space as we launched this first event for us in 2022. And again, welcome to Portals of Perception and welcome to Co-Creating Humanity's Future. By way of a brief reflection, 2021 was for us a bit of a big bang year. We launched the Portals of Perception site in April and we recorded more than 60 conversations that we are continuing to publish every week. And these conversations, they are all in one way or another exploring what is it like to be a human in this time of change. And so some of the conversations explore 
The human is a fountain of encouragement and hope. The human is a weaver and connector of part to part. The human is an orchestra. There is an exploration into the essence of art and essence music and explorations into the nature of co-creation and emergence. Whenever, whatever we focus on, whether it's education or geopolitics or the crisis in the world, the unifying central theme in the portal's conversations is an inquiry about the future. What is the future that is trying to emerge with us at this time? And how can we individually and collectively be a better, wiser, more enlightened agents or agency collectively for whatever it is that is trying to appear with us. There is also an element, an important element that started to develop in the last few months of the year, which we endearingly decided to call conversations with next generation leaders. Three of them are here with us, Ari Levari, Ophel Dutan, and Forrest Wilson. And there are conversations with each one of them already published on the site, and we will have them shortly stepping into the spotlighted area with me as part of the co-creation team for today. We will also be publishing in the next few weeks other conversations, fascinating conversations with next generation leaders. So look forward to discover more of what is with those vibrant, passionate voices. These are people that are early in their formation as leaders, and we specifically feel that it's important to bring the voice into the conversation because we feel so passionately about this being a cross-generational and multi-generational conversation. We also last year conducted our first three events, the first event in the summer that centered on the practice of listening with presence. What is listening with presence? And why and how is this very special practice so profoundly important in the living endeavor of a person seeking to be present to their life and to the opportunities of their life, and especially how listening with presence can be the most special gift one human can offer another as a way of deep witnessing in a time when loneliness and alienation is perhaps the most prominent epidemic that we see all around us. The second event in September that centered on the idea of emergent communities, where we reflected on the three kinds of emergent communities. Communities that come together in a spontaneous way around a need or an opportunity. Secondly, communities that choose deliberately to practice emergence in the way of being and doing and collaborating together. We're listening deeply, we're presencing and where other emergent and emergence practices are central to how they show up together. And thirdly, communities that come together around a purpose or a cause that present to them an, an emergent source of inspiration that continues to pull them forward as a way of updating who they are and what they are about together. And the practice that we explored then is what we call the community within gathering the community within the recognition that in this day and age, not just the modern, but the postmodern space, 
So many of us, we go through life and we get fragmented in so many different places and situations and roles and functions. But in a circumstance like today, when we show up here, we actually have an opportunity to gather the community within, to call this inner community, the many different voices, the many different lives, inner lives, to be fully present, to reintegrate, re-embrace who we are fully such that we can become fully present in this moment in time. And then the third event was our first co-creating humanity's future, where one of the practices we focused on was this idea that this is a very crowded world. And because of that, we need to push back for space, to make space, physical, practical, mental, emotional, energetic space, if we are to effectively co-create anything, especially if we are to co-create the future anew. So, which brings us then into today, but this is by way of a bit of a bridging reflection from last year to our event today. So with that, we are here to co-create humanity's future. It's a large idea, it's a large premise, but what we are proposing in that is that we are rich simply by being alive now. We are already co-creating humanity's future. We're simply making an invitation to be conscious and deliberate about the fact that we are co-creating humanity's future and therefore give ourselves the permission to be more intentional and purposeful about it. I will say a few more words about why portals and why co-creating humanity's future. We will then go to the first round in rooms for about seven minutes in groups of threes to bring your voices in, to share what brings you here today and what is it that you are bringing with you today into this space. Then when we come back, we will embark on a conversation starter with Offer, Forrest and Ari. And I'll develop in the middle a conversation with them about what is it like to be in conversation where you feel that you are co-creating the future. And we will then build on this and add another inquiry to round two in rooms where we will be in groups of four for about 16 minutes to reflect on the qualities and practices that facilitate and encourage imagination, co-creation, and hope. And when we come back from the rooms, we'll be in this collective space and bring your voices on all of the questions above, including how do we liberate our imagination and bring to life what our souls are yearning for. So the flow of today is part of the practice we are engaging in today, which is the practice of inquiry. And we are proposing these as the central inquiries to center our conversation today. And we will close with celebrating our collective presence. Okay, so why portals? Well, the portals adventure is, as we said, an inquiry about the future. Whatever we are talking about, whatever we are exploring, whatever domain of life we're exploring, the propelling inquiry is about the future and about how we can become better tools, better vessels, where a more enlightened, wiser future may appear with and through us. And the portal's adventure is also a response to the meta-crisis. The meta-crisis is a word we use to describe the convergence of all 10 or dozen different civilizational crises that are underway. And we believe that 
this collective space that we are looking to foster here is a response to that, to offer the best from all of us in whatever way we can to shape the future. And so therefore, the portal's adventure is also a gathering place, an activation place. And the idea behind the activation is the sense that there are many people now all around the world who are being activated, almost, if you like, as sleeper agents from the future. And yes, sure, some perhaps were activated 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or three years ago, or three weeks ago, or this week, or today. The idea is we need all generations, all voices who feel this sense of urgency that this decade is a profoundly important decade and that something is trying to re-architect itself through many voices, through many endeavors, and that perhaps the portals of perception adventure is a place for us to activate and gather. And therefore, it is also indeed a cross-generational conversation and also a place to where we endeavor to codify the perceptions and the practices that we feel can be important in the facilitation of the transformative change that's underway for humanity at this time. So these five impulses, an inquiry about the future, a response to the meta-crisis, a place of gathering and activation, a cross-generational conversation, and an endeavor to codify perceptions and practices that are central to the emergence of a wiser future. And so why specifically within that co-creating humanity's future? First, because as we said, it's a place where we hope to foster the conversations that will activate these five impulses we just reflected on. And we believe it can be a space for the sleeper agents of the future and from the future to find each other so we can be in conversation with each other. And also to create this space as a dedication, as a love letter, and more than a love letter, a love enactment of commitment to next generations, the generations already here with us in the toddlers that are walking the face of this beautiful earth and those to follow them, such that we are making this space a dedication for them and a place to fortify, to find fortifying encouragement and resolve. Because when we go through the kind of transformative changes that are underway on our own, it can be challenging. But when we come together and we encourage each other and one minute you are the source of encouragement and hope and the minute later you need the very medicine and the very strength that you find in another person. So that kind of mutuality and shared conversation is part of what we hope to foster here. And finally, an opportunity to truly practice our highest hopes and cultivate a global community that bring together different voices, different backgrounds, different experiences with a shared intention that the future may be a wiser, more facilitating, more enabling for the new lives that are joining the human experience and experiment here on Earth. So that's by way of a brief why portals and why co-creating humanity's future. And let me now transition us, please, to seven minutes round in rooms. Find yourself with two other partners, an opportunity to bring your voice forward and share what brings you here today and perhaps what you bring with you. And we're all back here. 
So let us bring in one or two sample voices. If you were to share briefly a theme or an insight that emerged for you in your room, let's see, showing of hands and we'll take in one or two voices, please. I wasn't really going to raise my hand, but no one did. So I think what strikes me perhaps the most is the depth which each life came in speaking to this and almost the sense of the moment we open our mouth towards it. Is that a way of saying that in English? Um, we surprise ourselves of what comes out, the stance about, in a way, the sense of what humanity means to whatever created it and the preciousness of that and how to actually make sure that the intelligence and capacity that's in humanity stays available to whatever is possible next. Yeah, in the brief sharing that we had, the significant feature that we all noted was that we all felt, we were talking of feelings, whatever we thought about the situation, today we're in feelings and that feels like a cohesive place and a route to a greater harmony between us and possibly the route to the future. Thank you. Thank you, Nigel. So let us now make a transition to this next part. And I'd like to invite Ari and Ofer and Forrest to a spotlighted area with me. And I will just bring this on screen, this slide, so everybody can see it and stay with it for a moment while we also give the three co-creators here with us a moment to gather their thoughts. What we are asking is to offer a conversation starter. A starter into what is it like to be in conversation where you feel that you're co-creating the future. And I'm going to remove the slides so we can focus on the four of us and perhaps say go to you first, offer. It's great to have the three of you here. And offer, please, where would you lead us as a starter? Hello, everybody. Um... I think for me to engage in such conversation, it starts from my location. So there is much more neutrality and kind of tuning into listening, to noticing. And from this noticing recently, what came up was actually kind of a feeling of concern, almost concern that, hey, this is not right. I look around me, I see how I feel and something is not as it meant to be. So there is a really significant clarity involved, clarity that is directed towards action. So it's mobilizing somehow. Um, this concern, it's interesting because it's not, usually the concern goes to the direction of, oh, look at the people that are suffering, the, the, those that are in, in a survival mode, which is true. There, there is a lot of concern that is merited to direct towards there. But then also when I look at the very wealthy, and also when I just look in my own life or in my immediate environment, which is very privileged, also there I'm concerned because there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of fear to be free. And how might we put down this fear and kind of create more space where we can be lighter, where we can have the joy of experimentation, where we can actually feel that we can be ourselves, whatever that means in a certain moment. And I feel that conversations that have this emergence, they just have to start with much more space, um, space of discovery. Maybe I'll finish with that. Thank you. Thank you. A space yeah. of discovery, creating a space of discovery. Thank you. Ari, would you like to come next on 
on this and offer your thoughts about how do you experience the sense of being in a conversation that truly brings the energy, the, the empowerment that we are co-creating the future? Yeah, of course. So when you asked me this question, I kind of took it in a slightly different direction. I Last time when we all met, I brought up the idea of playful action, which I kind of thought of as like call and response with reality, where you are playfully questioning, exploring, sensing, not really for the sake of finding like a specific answer, but just for the sake of being engaged in a beautiful conversation or song or dance or whatever it might be with the world. So I presented that idea last time and delved a little bit into that. And actually after that, something in me started shifting a little bit and I started looking for more ways to connect with that feeling and that feeling of co-creating the future. And so I, um, I ended up signing up for an improv class. And so when you asked me the question about what it feels like to be co-creating the future, that was where my mind went because I've been kind of immersing myself into the world of improv. So I kind of thought I would just maybe say a couple of things that I've been noticing as I've been engaging in improv and then just exploring how those relate to co-creating the future. So the first thing that I've really noticed while engaging in improv is one of the first steps is building trust. So for a beautiful collaborative future to emerge, you really need to trust those you're engaging with. So when you're beginning improv, the instructor will usually frame it as a team activity where your goal is really to take care of those you are playing with, you're engaging with. And we go through great lengths to normalize failure and to set the expectation that everyone will fail and that when you do eventually fail, your team will be there cheering you along. So in improv, co-creating the future really begins by earning the trust of others. And then we earn trust by affirming and caring for the people around us and sharing them through perceived failures. So that was the first thing that kind of applies to co-creating the future is that deep feeling of trust. The second thing I noticed is that simplicity is really powerful. So when one's beginning to improvise, it's natural to want to think of like, the funniest scenarios, people often default to really wacky or improbable things. But when you're trying to build these collaborative environments, ones that really allow for people to build upon each other's offerings, starting simple is often the most effective. So improv really encourages you to take care of those you're working with by starting just super simple, super obvious, concrete, uh, in the body, like you really feel your body. It's a very embodied thing. And then allowing for more complexity to rise from there. Another thing is just creating space for ideas to emerge. I've noticed that, especially this is a tendency I have, I want to sound clever or I want to sound funny, smart, profound, whatever it might be. And then you find yourself spending time thinking about what you'll say next and kind of pre-planning that, which then causes you to actually lose focus on what other people are saying. I'm sure that's a tendency that we all sometimes default to and might be defaulting to right now. <laughs> but an improv co-creating the future really involves noticing your desire to kind of to pre-plan what you're going to say and then letting go of those plans and stepping into the unknown. And then the last thing that I'll just say, and then I'll, I'll close with this, but in improv, I've noticed that it's really useful when we establish a shared map. So like improv is very free form, but that doesn't mean it's completely formless. So there are some simple frameworks that improvisers use to orient themselves and share a common language. So there's different, I guess one example would be, we often say C-R-O-W, which is crow. 
and that stands for character, relationship, objective, and where, which are four components that every scene attempts to establish when you're improvising. So by having that, like that common language, that shared map, improvisers can build a foundation upon which deep creativity can actually arise. So yeah, in improv, co-creating the future really requires some degree of a shared map by which to orient yourself. So those are a couple of the things I thought about when this question was posed to me. That's all I have to share. But as you engage in conversations throughout the rest of the day, if you feel like it maybe try incorporating a few of those ideas into your co-creation process, into these conversations. So trying to build trust, starting really simple and obvious, creating space for ideas to emerge within your own head and not always pre-planning, and maybe also establishing a shared map with each other. And yeah, that's what I have to share. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for offering these vitamins. And please, Forrest, where would you want to take us building on the comments from Offer about space of discovery and building trust and improv comments from Ari? Where would you want to lead us with your experience in co-creating the future, please? Yeah, thank you, Aviv and Ari and Offer and everyone here. It's a joy to be with you all. Offer, I really loved what you said about noticing where you're coming from in these conversations. And for me, I just am becoming increasingly aware of the importance of noticing where we're coming from in conversations around co-creating humanity's future. There's infinite possibilities, I suppose, but the way I carve up consciousness, the, the few that are worth mentioning are that fear is a place that we can come from in conversations around co-creating humanity's future. And as we create fear, we create certain stories and ways of being and uh, patterns and concepts in the world in relationship to the fear that we're creating. And then we can create problems that need to be solved. We can look at the world and see problems that, that need fixing. And so we can create concepts and ideas and ways of being in relationship to fixing the world and solving problems. We can step into an even more creative consciousness and be in possibility and really drop into how creative we are as beings and what kind of future do we want to create from nothing in a way and really get into our pure creative capacities and dream up a world from nothing exactly the way we might want it with infinite degrees of freedom. And then there's maybe Lupin and Ari share a little bit the kind of improv of life, which is that more and more recently, I've just been becoming profoundly aware of linguistics, the linguistic mind's inability to comprehend reality and letting go of the need to understand what the heck's going on and surrendering into the larger improv dance of life. And as offer said, be a space for discovery actually is a way of being a space of discovery where that which is beyond understanding, that which is beyond conceptualization, that which is beyond the linguistic mind can have its way through us without us necessarily knowing what's going on or being able to control what's going on and, and to become more of a vessel or a space for discovery where our true nature can have its way through us more fully. And so I just, I continue to be fascinated and intrigued and further illuminated and oftentimes get my butt kicked by this game of where am I coming from? Am I coming from fear or problem-oriented consciousness or possibility-oriented consciousness? Or am I opening up completely surrendering the keeper at the gate who wants to control what's going on and just letting that which is beyond understanding, surrendering to that and, and allowing it to have its way through us. So for me, there's a vast matrix of relationships, being in conversations with others, where we're all coming from in any given moment and how everything's unfolding and shape-shifting through us that, I mean, all the different constellations and combinations are so beautiful. But uh, that's one of the maps that's been helpful for me to play with a little bit recently. So um, 
yeah, we'll be noticing where I'm coming from today as we're playing here together. Thank you. Thank you, Forrest. So with these invitational and attractive seeds of possibility that we're carrying from Ofer and Ari and Forrest, let us build into one more inquiry and then proceed into a second round in rooms because what we want is to create a space today where you can find your voice and you can also hear from other voices. So this is the question, the inquiry we just focused on and you're welcome to carry this with you as we will transition to rooms in a minute. But before we do, here is one other inquiry that I would like to pause on the screen for two or three minutes while Paul is playing us some music so you can actually be with this build inquiry. What are the qualities? What are the practices that facilitate and encourage imagination, co-creation, and hope? And by way of seeding this, I will offer a starter and then bring the question up again with Paul to play us some music. So here are some very brief few thoughts about unlocking imagination and creativity. I'll say three things about unlocking imagination and creativity. The first is if you open books about the subject or search online, you'll get a lot of ideas how to stimulate your brain. That's great. I have found that often I needed to go beyond stimulating the brain. So here are the five moves that help, that has been most helpful for me in unlocking imagination and creativity. This is more a framework for a full-day workshop than actually instantiating them, but something to consider. Number one, embracing a bigger cause and purpose. If I try to be creative or imaginative for myself, it's one thing when I look to embrace as Forrest just described, a sense of possibility, then the greater possibility and all the cause or the purpose that I embrace, they offer me an even greater theater of imagination. And then the idea of working with inquiries and continuing to refine and evolve the inquiry is another unlocking of creativity and imagination. Because when you refine the inquiry, you're tuning an instrument. When you're tuning your instrument, you become a better, more attuned conduit for whatever intelligence can find you. And thirdly, the idea of whatever it is that we are exploring, inviting diverse perspectives and insights to enrich, to challenge, to provoke the search that we are embarking on. And then, as we've heard from Actually, all three of you from offer in the sense of space of possibility, a space for discovery, and from Arin and Forrest, creating space is such an important part of actually facilitating creativity and imagination and facilitating flow. And there are many different ways to facilitate flow. Sometimes facilitating flow is about eliminating any pressure system. Sometimes facilitating flow is actually introducing time limits and needing to produce in a very short brief moments. So there are different ways to facilitate flow. So that's the second thing I'd offer about unlocking creativity and imagination, those five considerations, five moves. The biggest thing I'd offer is, in my observation of life, is that the greater unlock is about becoming attractive for something else, call it a domain of intelligence, to imagine and create its possibility through your work. If we think about the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, 
what you see there, what we're seeing there is not Michelangelo's imagination. He was actually given a brief and he refused to follow the brief that in the initial commission, he demanded to be given complete artistic freedom. So I believe what we are seeing on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel is not his imagination, but him, and you don't need to be Christian or or a believing Catholic to go along with my logic here. This was him surrendering in his communion to whatever he found in this artistic pursuit, in the communion with what the papal conclave represented. And you find a similar idea with the horrible grief that Shah Jahan experienced after the passing of Mumtaz Mahal, where in his year of grief, he gave birth to a vision because he wanted to monumentalize the love. And it's the imagery of that love that is then monumentalized and expressed in the Taj Mahal. So I believe we have the greater facility to imagine and be creative when we think of the future in terms of us as individuals and collectives seeking the qualities, the practices that facilitate and encourage imagination and co-creation and hope for ourselves and also on behalf of future generations. I'll go quiet here for three minutes. I'll ask Paul to uh, play us some music and we'll then, as we contemplate this question, find ourselves in rooms of four to spend 16 minutes together building on this and on the initial question that we've heard from Ari Offer Forest. So, Paul, please. gather here in the main room from the conversations you've had about imagining and co-creating the future, I would like to ask that all of us for a moment imagine that all that everybody here imagined, I need to go to gallery view so I can see everybody, that's right. I'd like to invite us all that we imagine right now that all that we individually and collectively imagine is coming alive. Just let ourselves feel what that feels like when highest aspirations, the highest hopes we have in our souls, in our visions, whatever language you want to put to it about the future for ourselves, for the people we love, for people that are following us, next generations, that all those imageries and pictures we have in mind, that they come alive. Just let ourselves feel what that feels like. Yeah, it can be very moving if we allow ourselves to be moved by those strong feelings. One way that I make it concrete and real for me is I have in my thoughts a 
specific uh, one individual two-year-old girl I have her in my thoughts when I imagine the future. And what's it like for her? You may each have people that you can envision for the future. So I'd like to open now a space that we bring, put our hands up and that we bring forward what insights, what intelligence is showing up with you, both about what it is you actually imagine and also about the specific inquiry, about the practices and the qualities that enable co-creation. And that we dance and play with this for a bit in this collective space. And I'd invite that as different voices come forward, that we allow ourselves to be the larger canvas on which they paint their vision. Please, uh, Kiri, Ki, uh, help us get started. Yeah, we co-created a rap song. So there was a color response between Forrest and Matthew. So they co-created on the spot a rap song. So that was highly enjoyable and liberating. And yeah, just the thinking of the qualities that would allow us to be, let's say, pioneering new things and exploring new things. And I don't think they are very different from the pioneers of the past. And I think it's a combination of curiosity, bravery, and being a little bit crazy. Because if you always go by the book, then probably you'll be repeating the good old stuff, which is fine. But if we want the new to come, and as Matthew said, he said, okay, let's bring something new <laughs> in this world. So yeah, how to, we need to trust our complex and be playful and be a little brave as well. So that's what was coming at our breakup room. Thank you. Thank you, Kiriki. So Margaret, you are the next brave person. Please build on the, the bravery message, please. <laughs> well, I was in the rap group as well. And I just wanted to bring the perspective of promotion and people saying yes to that instead of saying, oh, no, no, not this time. And because it provided the opportunity and the possibility to brighten up all of us. So that's what I wanted to, to put in. So I started doing somatic theater, clown work the last three years. So our teacher, she's a Turkish lady. She's a very brave lady living in Greece. And she always says, I don't know why I'm living in Greece. From all the places I could live elsewhere. I don't have any problem. But uh, so working with her, what did I find out? Because a clown doesn't have a script. Everything is on the spot. She always says to us, keep your energy high. Don't let your energy go lower for whatever reason. Play without stopping, endless playing. Go with the first proposal. Don't think about it. Just go for the first proposal. The next one is listen, listen each other. Let it grow. Let the proposal to grow. Doesn't matter who started the proposal. It doesn't matter who continues the proposal, who takes it on. Doesn't matter. And the other thing is who has the purity in the heart. Because that person is the one who's connected straight with God at that moment. So that's the things that I have found out. Another personal thing that I find out is that don't be familiar with ourselves. Thank you. It's fascinating, Vangelis. It joins a, bit, a little bit with what, was, what came in my mind, which is the movie Yes Man. And for some reason, it came in my mind. It's so, such a funny movie. And I believe it's... In a way, it joins us in the sense of how to, how to break through a world of imagination, a world of potentiality. 
And in that specific movie, it basically the main character forces himself to say always yes to whatever happened. And this, to me, looks like as if he's breaking his paradigm in, in his own prison, basically, by just forcing himself into that rule. And at the beginning, very, very bad thing happened when he says yes to a Trump that asked for, asked for $300, and he just gave him $300. But then suddenly, uh, little by little, good things come, start to come because he's started, uh, he's, he basically made commitment in a way, with something to say yes. And so, so, and he got stick to it and he got with consistency. I don't know if that's a, cl- a key to some kind of success in the world, but I think each one of us needs to find his own yes to something or his own way to break through his own paradigms. But yes, such a funny movie. I wish you, I really suggest to watch it. And yeah, just to share this. <laughs> Thank you. If I stayed with you for a moment and asked you right now to break out of your paradigm and tell us what you imagine, what's the first thought that comes to mind? For now, we see only images, landscapes. I see the earth and then some mountains and on a sunset. Yeah, this was the first picture that came. Thank you. Now, we moved from describing it to practicing it for a moment. So thank you for being brave. Now we're going to go next to Ozula, please. Okay, hi. Just to say that um, in our team, we really had the feeling of the love of. So the love of family, of humanity, and having those qualities that go with the frequency of love, like bravery, like courage, like forgiveness. They really belong with that frequency. And the image that turned up in my mind, which I must have had for a day, is that of a tree, an apple tree. And it turned up that I realized that the apple is connected to the source of its arising, to what gave it life. So all its nourishment comes from there. And it seems to me that it's the same with all the qualities. We are the ones that give birth to these qualities in our lifetime with the very signature that we are. And so it's really important to keep nourishing those qualities and those intentions that we've got. Yeah, so that's where I'd say is in, um, within the context of the higher frequencies of life, you know, take the idea that we're connected to the universe and that we, like that tree, we have an umbilical cord to the universe. So all these qualities are coming down to us. It is a matter of having the perception, the quietness, the listening, to be able to receive them, to feel them, to know them, to be with them. Yeah. It's an example of a small story that is uh, close to one of the examples you mentioned uh, about your two-year-old acquaintance that is looking into the future and someday she will think, what is there for me? And I recently uh, got a new friend and she's got a daughter. And uh, I don't know this daughter, I've never met her, and, but she, the mother was telling me about this daughter. And I thought I would really like the idea that a young person like that could receive a small gift from a person that she doesn't know. So I arranged a small uh, t-shirt and put qualities into a package um, and it was sent to a dress. And I made a letter uh, to her as, um, think, as, uh, trying to... to um, Tell her why would I write a letter to a person that I don't know. But I love so much the idea that you don't have to be a family 
or an acquaintance. You can be loved just because you are existing. Hello. Yeah, I got a bit carried away with our little group and I've written a little poem which I like to share. It's not that long, but it does, I think, encapsulate some of the things we were talking about. It goes like this. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Will the stars shine and will the birds sing? Can we be new and fresh again? Or will we be lost in history and pain? The future on sets, we feel it so. So let's be fresh so it can grow. Our dreams of tomorrow are in the seeds of today. Will we be bright or will it be grey? The life we've been given is such a gift. So find the knack to make the shift. Not a future darkened by cloud, but one we can build of which we can be proud. So now's the time to rearrange for us to make a necessary change. So come on now, let's send God a letter. Help us make the future better. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Yes, I decided to practice the stretching because this was one of the things that came up in our little group to stretch yourself in order to co-create and to use new imagination. And what caught me was that we were happy to see each other when we got into the group and that we left inspired and with joy. And it was funny that everyone actually caught something of the inspiration and ideas of the other. And every different person took something else. And someone marked that's very important to know what you are co-creating with if you want to be co-creator. That called me. And someone was inspired by the little group to be free to make art every week. And another person was asking himself questions. So that tells me that self-inquiry might be important and stretching oneself and accepting that when you are using your imagination to find new, that you may first encounter rubble like drills that look for oil, you first get a lot of rubble that's nothing. So you need to be patient to find what's actually in the core of what you're searching for. And one image that rose up in my mind was a special place somewhere where people could gather to get new ideas and they wouldn't mind not finding anything. So there would be patience and space to make mistakes and actually get to things. So this one image of allowing experiments to go on freely, safely. Yeah, that's it. So let me bring up the last inquiry in line of inquiries for today and ask Paul to give us some music to be with us for three or four minutes by way of uh, meditating and contemplating about both how do we liberate our imagination and bring to life what our souls are yearning for, and also what is the content that truly gets liberated in our imagination as we bring to life what our souls are yearning for. Uh, Paul, if you can give us uh, another four or five minutes to just dwell with this question, please.
Thank you, Paul. So let me first see if Ofer, Ari, and or Forrest, if we can bring you back for a minute to the spotlighted area. You don't have to speak, but if you want to offer anything at this point in time, I'd like to make a space. A little bit like this music started with, for me at least, with a slight melancholy even. Um, there is unlearning that is involved and this unlearning and this letting go of our paradigms or kind of coming new to that's something that also came up in the in our conversation before uh, in, in the breakout rooms and coming actually new to its situation and not leaving it as our body and all of our complex remember us leaving it before there is some effort involved. Like you need to do something or do less of something to actually be new in a situation, to actually live it as it is now. And this unlearning, maybe that's something that we need to agree to. And from that, there is the, then the allowance for something else to join us. And at the same time, what liberate, what could be liberating is to do it all with a degree of lightness and not taking it too seriously. Um, which is also sometimes a question of how do you find yourself light, playful, explorative? Um, what might trigger these ambitions or these practices in yourself? And it's nice to think that we can unlearn and mm. we can come new. Um, so it's reassuring somehow. And that brings me hope. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please. Yeah, I think one of the things I need to unlearn is, to some extent, goal-oriented nature, like where we are working towards a concrete, definable future and know exactly what we want. And I think that's just something our society really values a lot of. So yeah, kind of just stepping back from that and taking a much more incremental feelings-based approach to stepping into the future. That's something that, that arose in me as you were speaking over. And also just trusting, I think, trusting that I actually do know what it is my soul needs. And that even if I can't define exactly what that is, I can still step into that. And some deeper part of me does know what my soul is yearning for and can start to create more of that in my life. And just trusting myself to live into a more beautiful future and knowing that that's possible and spending time connecting with people like everyone on this call and just kind of getting out of my way a little bit more. Just not needing to have, you know, concrete answers for things, but just spending time with amazing people and trusting that it will unfold. That's what came up for me. Thank you. Thank you, Ari. I'm enjoying the richness of the shares so far. And I also just want to name, I pretty much blissed out, Paul, during your last the last musical performance that really took me somewhere. So thank you for sharing your gifts with us today. In terms of unlearning, I'm still unlearning, trying to make it happen. Or even more simply, I'm unlearning, trying, unlearning, efforting, unlearning, I don't know, ambition or efforting feels like a really good word, efforting and trying. And there's just some really subtle nuances from when the impulse for action is truly sourced and when it's a self-structure that has kind of an agenda and wants to control things or steer things or determine how things are going to unfold. And so there's like ever deepening inquiry and noticing in me around what's, where are things coming from? Kind of where we started today, where are impulses and thoughts and feelings and actions coming from, where are they sourced from? And celebrating all of it in its perfection without making any of them right or wrong. Just noticing and appreciating and appreciating even the frustration and the unappreciating. <laughs> um, 
yeah, just unlearning in that, I would say also unlearning some like self criticism, some self judgment and, and really bringing in that lightheartedness and playfulness that offer you mentioned. Right. I seem to take co-creating humanity's future seriously. And hopefully I just don't, I don't take myself too seriously while I'm, while I'm doing that. So uh, yeah, aim for turning the playfulness dial up as high as I can. And then the seriousness and care dial, maybe not quite as high, but yeah, it's nice to be invited into these questions and to be in a space where to deepen into them and see what wants to emerge in the question. So yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks, Aviv, and thank you for the question. Thank you. Maybe we should actually do some serious playing. Yeah, let's get super serious real quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that'll help. <laughs> I think we need to hear that rap song. Well, we are arriving at the back end of this short journey today with a curious and attractive note of unlearning and the way I hear it, relaxing into not knowing. Yeah, very curious. Uh, there is a curious sense about this. And I noted really on the approach today that it wanted to be different than last year, that it wanted us to maybe get to this very note we, we're just uh, presencing now in the last few minutes. Sometimes you spend two hours on a Zoom call like this to get to a place where you are actually ready to begin. Like we could really start a different meeting with the invitation that you're all making now about playfully searching. Then today was designed for two hours. I was thinking on the approach today that I always feel more comfortable with a full day or a three-day journey than a two hours because I'm a long-distance runner. I'm not a sprinter. My claim to fame at age 13 was I won the Israeli long distance running rather than the sprinter running. So but then we will have a survey that's coming after today. And it has about it also an invitation to let us know if you are interested in perhaps longer events. I sense that simply being together and listening to what you just said, the three of you, and making space to hear those voices in ourselves, the voice that's ready to unlearn, the voice that's ready to relax from efforting too much, is a wonderful way to celebrate our collective presence. Because it's when we relax all these muscles and all the shoulds that we can truly sense and appreciate and celebrate our collective presence. And the fact that whatever future we may be able to co-create truly follows the law of the tree. It grows out of our presence rather than out of the absence of something. The tree grows out of its own roots, grows from the presence of all that life affords it. And in some shape or form, one kind or another, it is similar for us. Lisa, anything from your end as we bring this to landing before we bring all the voices back in? No, I just wanted to say that I am truly amazed and moved what has been shared here today. You know, we've all waited and anticipated today, and it's been amazing. And I do want to also say thanks to Peter and Kira Cookie. I'm sorry, I kept always ever. I'm going to call you Kiri because I could never pronounce your name. There's a lot of people that go to making up these events. So I want to thank them and all the people in the background for everything that they do for the Portals of Perception project. And thank you all. So I will bring in our friends. To close. So uh, please let us all uh, bring our voices and say good day and carry on imagining and unlocking new futures for all of us. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Portals of Perception. If you're enjoying these dialogues, we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com slash portals. Visit portalsofperception.org for exclusive content. Please share this episode with a friend and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.